Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to our Brangaroo Studios. You've tuned in to the call here live on Ozbiz. 10 stocks picked by you. I put those stocks to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour on this Friday, the 3rd of March. Let's get stuck straight into it. Claude Walker from A Rich Life joins us. Uh, afternoon, Claude. How are you? Are you calming down after earning season? Um, well, thanks, David. Yeah, just a getting ready to, I guess, enact whatever, you know, new ideas I have after digesting all the results. So uh, my wife keeps on saying now I should be able to take a few days off, but uh, actually like the earnings season work isn't quite finished yet. No, no, it's what, what are, Mark Gardner from Macro Capitals with us as well. Mark, it's one of those uh, times where earnings season has passed, it's been a whirlwind and almost the next couple of weeks by the sound of it, you guys go back and do more work into the things that, that yeah. you've been attracted to. We, we normally, we've got a pretty decent track record being predictive into earnings season. Yeah. And for the first time in a very long time, we decided this time we would not take that strategy on board and oh, no. we would wait and see. Um, oh. And I'm pretty glad we made that decision because the erratic moves, I mean, the amount of companies that were down on the result and then rallied way back through where they were the, the next day or vice yeah, versa was, was really weird. So there was opportunities there if you trust if you trusted your analysis. But, you know, some days there, some mm. days you were sitting there reading the report three times over because yeah. you're wondering what you've missed. Like I've been asking people this week on the panel, the one highlight for you out of earnings season in terms of a stock and the biggest, the biggest highlight, and the biggest dud. Um, I'd probably almost be wrapped up in in one for me because I, I we've been trying to convince my clients that CBA was very expensive for quite right. a long time, and I managed to get a lot of it out, you know, around those highs, and right. where it's it's obviously dropped to ninety seven. Um, in terms of like, you know, there's been a, you know, we've had some small copper plays and things like that, which obviously. You know, which didn't report necessarily well, but and that really affects those small caps and things. But right. I, I think it'll probably play out over the next you know mm. couple of weeks. Okay. I mean, it. I don't think we've had any. You know, there wasn't really any because we weren't. You know, going. Um, you know, head headlong into anything with massive conviction. Right. Um, because we're a little bit bearish on the broader market. We, I think we'll probably see them play out. But the, okay. I think the um, we bought some BHP after the number as well, but it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't really results driven. It was right. more, um, you know, you're trying to get it a little bit cheaper, so. Okay. Uh, Claude, uh, now I'm going, going to put a proviso. Uh, you can't talk about ProMedicus. Uh, did you have a bigger star and a biggest dud from earnings season? <laughs> sure, well, well, fair enough. With, with that uh, guidance, I'll let, how about I talk about a couple of small caps. Um, the biggest one that I liked that I do own a, a small amount of shares in, uh, and the, in terms of its actual results, is a, a little company called XRF Scientific. Right. Uh, they have three divisions. They're all interrelated to do with uh, the you know testing of rock samples essentially, 
And uh, in this particular half, all three uh, divisions did, like, they just performed really well, best ever halves. So yeah. great results from them, which is basically leading to uh, a bit of one of those uh, share price follows EPS, earnings per share growth kind of stories with yeah. these guys. I'm also just, you got to be careful here. Like, this is definitely a, a cyclical business. So yeah. uh, you have to keep in mind that it's just benefiting from the mining cycle at yeah. the moment. And if mining cycle turns, its earnings yeah. will go down and share price will probably follow earnings right. per share. So, Biggest dud? Uh, but great results uh this dud for me is one that i've now sold out of um called Elogio group uh which is a a, a roll-up of short stay accommodation providers and they, they also right. have a couple of uh hotels there and look for a roll-up company you really need to be focused on earnings per share growth exactly like you know this is the this is backing in normal times when it's not bubble and speculative earnings per share is hugely influential on share price so these guys put out a presentation that had like charts of underlying a bit during blah 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 but nothing about earnings per share and given that they're issuing shares you know for uh, growth as well uh, uh you definitely need to be focused on that metric so that's definitely what i'd be looking for uh companies okay. that are growing earnings per share all right yep good warning really good advice uh let's take a look at the stocks we're going to cover in this half hour neurotech suncorp Worley, alchem and chalice mining stock of the day uh, thought we'd have a look at retail food group received commitments to raise almost $25 million before costs from institutional and sophisticated investors via a share placement issued price eight cents a share. The group which uh, operates Gloria Jeans, Donut King, Crust Pizza, a lot of big franchises entered into a binding term sheet with Sol Pats to secure a new debt facility for $20 million company aims to raise an additional two and a half million dollars by share purchase plan. Uh, you know, it's a, on, a, on a low base anyhow. Um, but Claude, what did you think of uh, uh, Retail Food Group's announcement today? And also the relationship now with Sol Pats? Yeah, right. So I think like the announcement today, I guess, is a positive because it sounds like, you know, they're going to strengthen the balance sheet a little bit, which is which was looking very you know, risky balance sheet with lots of leverage there, which also sounds like uh, this new uh, funding agreement will sort of give them uh, a little bit better terms, which allows them to keep a bit more cash flow to try and re reinvest in um, improving the business. So they'll be repaying a lot of their existing facilities um, with the with the money they're ra raising. Now, keep in mind, uh, Washington A. Saul Patterson, they are lending them um, debt. So... I don't know if they're also participating in the in the placement, but the point that I would make here is that it's probably a much safer bet to, to be a lender to RFG than to actually hold equity because uh, there's so much um, leverage now, debt-based leverage in this business, which is not a particularly profitable business uh, and has a very, very patchy track record. Um, and so, you know, if it survives, there's potential good upside there for equity holders. Could even, you know, be a turnaround story it's not impossible but it's just a very high risk it's actually quite okay. possible that in the end that this one could end up you know in negotiations with its lenders in which case i'm sure washington eight soul patterson will, will do fine but the the equity holders could get wiped out or close to it okay look at that chart two dollars four down to eight cents uh mark gunner some pretty impressive franchise names in there there is but i mean quite like dominoes you know when when you're um when your input costs aren't stable yeah. Um, and labor's tight and things like that, it, it becomes an extraordinarily difficult business to, to run. So you can't make any errors, really. Yeah. 
I think it's actually interesting that, you know, obviously Solpat's going in as, um, as a debtor is obviously gets them up the list. So, you know, I, I hadn't seen anything about them necessarily investing in the company. So they, right. they've obviously purposely gone and made sure that they're top of the list so that they yep. Yep. clearly, secure. you know, secured. They're, they're definitely secured. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, I think yeah, Domino's obviously had a bad result recently. Um, these price adjustments for these low margin and you know low cost um, sort of ex- you know small expenditures you know price people are obviously extraordinarily price sensitive and we saw that happen there um, and they you know these these guys have got a whole suite of similar sort of businesses and um, so I, I yeah I, I would probably wait and see I don't think I'd be necessarily holding this I mean you know securing some debt and the, they've strengthened their balance sheet so it's in a better position than what it was previously but um, yeah their net margin their profit margin seems to be dropping pretty consistently for the last sort of 18 months um, their revenue's been fairly stable um, and net profits been tiny so yeah it'd be an avoid for me for now okay all right. Let's get into the stocks that you want us to have a view on. Uh, Claude, Rob wants a view on Neurotech, a medical device and solutions uh, company. What do you think of uh, their assist with neurological conditions like autism they're focusing on? Yeah, that's right, Koshi. These guys are a sort of, I'd say, speculative biotech that is uh, looking at using full-spectrum medicinal cannabis plant extract to... Uh, help people with autism uh, so it's obviously uh, it's not really proven that this is actually going to work in any in any way um, they are going to do a clinical trial they're looking to recruit 15 pediatric placements with um, uh, autism to determine the efficacy and safety of, of orally this orally um, administered extract so uh, that's going to be like there's, it's a bit of a, a story stock I would I would just say uh, you know, inexperienced speculators should really consider the risk that uh, implementation of social influence and sort of uh, stock uh, promotion and then an unsophisticated interest in uh, cannabis products could really lead to a, a quite a hypey high share price in the future. So the only way that I would uh, even be interested in this is if it was just you were just doing a speculation thinking, oh, this stock is going to get hyped up in the future and then you sell when it does. I don't play that game and I think it's a dangerous game to play and I have seen more people, you know, overall that's a negative sum game you do that. More people are going to get their fingers burnt uh, than, than people are going to make money because unless you're the ones that actually, you know, know what's going on with this exact company, you just, it's a real hard bet to win. It's possible, but it's definitely a speculation and for me, definitely hard avoid. Okay. All right, Mike. I'd echo those comments completely. I mean, Australia's a little bit, you know, we're not necessarily progressive in terms of, um, you know, these sorts of regulation. Um, and I would imagine that, you know, paediatric cannabinoid um, is going to be a pretty hard sell to get the politicians on board just from a, you know, from a, um, you know, what it looks like from the outside. It's, yeah, I, I really don't think um, I wouldn't, it would be a definite hard avoid. They're burning cash. The market can see it. They're going to need more funding. Um, they spent $2.1 million last quarter um, in R&D, and they'll run out sort of by the middle of this year. By the looks of things, they'll run out of money by the middle of the year. Right. So we expect another cap raise, I would imagine. And, you know, I, this is these are the sorts of companies that, 
you know, we, that was all well and good when we had zero interest rates, but yeah. we certainly don't anymore. We've got every, you know, every duration above 4% yep. now in bond yields, um, particularly in the US. Investors get paid to sit in the sidelines. This is, this is pretty yeah. much a, uh, almost okay. a case study and things that... that um, to avoid. Uh, to avoid because okay. they, they're going to come back cap in hand and you're not going to yeah. get a result for a Interestingly, long time. Interestingly, on Monday, we had a, which had never come up before, a company called Vichuro. Mm. They came up with Gaurav and Mathan was in medicinal cannabis. They had never heard of it, went and had a look at it. Uh, Gaurav said, put it as a speculative buy, said mm. it just knocked my socks but off when I got into you've it. You've got to be really good to, to attract yeah. those investors now because, you, as I said, you can get paid to be on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, but this one doesn't, right. doesn't fit the bill for me at all. Uh, Claude, have you heard of Vichuro? No, I haven't. Sorry. Yeah, because you know, Gorab and Mathan, Mathan are really risk averse. They'd be and, hard judges on. Uh, on they that are sort really of thing. hard. Yeah. Mathan had it as a watch, yeah. uh, and which, which gonna, is a buy for most. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and going to do more work in it. And Gorab had a speculative buy. He said he'd never heard of it. Mm. Did some more work. Going to do more work in it. So yeah. If Gaurav's saying that, I'll definitely have to take a look yeah, uh, yeah. because that, that means that there's a real business there for sure. So yeah, uh, that, exactly. that puts it above a lot of others anyway. Interesting. So that's what we love about the call. You give us uh, some great ideas, which mm. is terrific. Usually stocks that uh, that we haven't heard about before. Yeah, so can't, that was can't, a good one. We can't keep track of all 2,000. No, no, so no. It's, exactly. It's, it is, it's very, very beneficial sometimes yeah. to find some diamonds in the rough. Um, all right, uh, Roger, Mark, wants to be on Suncorp, the big uh, Brisbane-based financial institution. Um, still got its banking licence, doesn't it? Uh, insurance and all yeah. that. What do you think of Suncorp? So it's still on track uh, to go to ANZ. I think they're still going to run it under the um, Suncorp yep. banner for five years at least. Um, and, yeah, look, they had a pretty good earnings report. I mean, it missed, it missed expectations. However, I mean, I think that's been a bit of a story of the earnings season is that you know, some companies made some really quantum leaps in performance, but the market was probably a little bit too ahead, too ahead of themselves. Yeah. So, um, now they had NPAT up 44%, but, you know, missed by 10 million, you know. So it was, um, but yeah, I think that insurance business, obviously they're going to be focusing a little bit more on, on that overall. Uh, obviously higher interest rates benefit those um, companies. And I, yep. and I dare say probably um, you know, not a bad time to be getting out of, um, out of that sort of traditional banking with um, those, those traditional banking models don't do well when, um, when credit conditions contract and there's less yeah. home loans being written. So that goes Which we for, saw that today, housing finance figures down. Yeah, so we, I did a fairly deep dive on the big, on the big four specifically you know, into CBA and the only real correlation I could find, it wasn't really house prices, or it, it was the amount of new loans being written. As right. long as that was increasing, the share price always seemed to have a, have a decent run for the year, yeah. but, the, but the years where they were decreasing happening. and that's not <laughs> happening for a while. So, no. um, so not a bad time to get just out. Um, just to get out, take so the money and run. Take the money and run, and then obviously their margins are going to increase because they're obviously now getting a far better return on their on the premiums they're taking in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, we've 
we've um, QBE, for instance, I've mentioned this on the call a number of times. We we like to have a repairer because we don't think they're pricing the risk of the weather events well enough. Yeah. Um, so we've had the likes of JLG with QBE because that's their, their preferred. John's Ling. John's yeah. Ling, yeah. So um, to try and buffer some of that, you know, yeah. um, because if you've got if you've got an interest in the guys who are doing the repair work, if QBE get it wrong, at least you're going to be you know the, you, you're going to benefit from the other guys. So, um, and you know that's that's mm. sort of just a way of insulating that yep. in, insulating that view overall. So, um, so yeah, but yeah, I think this the insurers will do you know will do better with that higher mm. interest rates. Okay, um, Claude, what do you think of Suncorp? Oh, just to build on what. Uh, Mark said there, I do agree that, you know, this is going to benefit from higher interest rates. So, you know, if, if you just really got a scattering of companies that you that you want to expose to that high interest rate theme, then this probably works for that. You had a bit of risk if the ACCC gets involved with that um, stops the banking divestment. Uh, and uh, so that maybe makes this a little bit less attractive. On top of that, I completely agree, you know, the name of the game probably, which I need to do a bit more of myself, is get exposure to this uh, you know, these growing uh, interest rate sort of themes, uh, but without having that downside risk of what happens if you underestimate the number of floods and cyclones, etc. So uh, one other way of doing that is perhaps through the insurance brokers, uh, not as direct cor- correlation, um, but as insurance premium goes up, then so do, too they can put up their price. Sometimes it's commission, yeah. sometimes it's a flat fee. But, uh, so that's a different way to play it. In terms of Suncorp, I, the reason that I don't want to be insurers in insurers long term is because even if they accurately forecast the risk of say you know flooding even if they're right about that the reality is we're seeing more floods and so the the right pricing for those insurance premiums keeps going up and up and you hear a lot about people you know who aren't really in a position now in say for example in Lismore that aren't really in a position to even afford flood insurance for their house just because you know basically their house is going to keep flooding and so economically and in society you know it's not great for insurance companies if insurance becomes so expensive that people can't afford it and i think that's probably like the end game for these uh insurers that are doing right. house and contents especially in queensland where so many houses are built on floodplains they keep rebuilding them in the same spot so yeah difficult one there wouldn't like it long term but short to medium term probably you, you, you do well at a higher rate so it's not terrible Okay, so what? What have you got? I'd sell though. I'd sell so, because there were different. There are like I'd put the money in AUB, for example. Okay, uh, it's, it's a it's an insurance broker, and that gets you the same theme, but without like potential so much potential downside. Okay, all right. Uh, next talk, um, Claude Andrew wants a view on Wally, the big uh, basically the mining services, although they're in the infrastructure uh, sector business. Uh, 50 countries around the world, 50,000 staff. Hell, that's a big payroll, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and I guess that's like, I don't know if we have a long-term uh, share price chart we can actually put up there of these <coughs> guys. But, you know, they because of all that uh, operating leverage that's just naturally in the business, they can have big swings up and down uh, in basically, you know, what uh, their share prices and what their earnings are. So it's a, a very, very cyclical stock. Obviously, this is large cap, which is out of my area of expertise, and also resources, which is out of my uh, main focus area. So like that's the one year we've obviously had constructive sort of situation with commodity prices going up. Um, but this is an up and down stock. You know, the earnings per share can you know go could halve or you know double or do anything like that. So you want to be playing the cycle there. I think that. 
Uh, probably right now, where we are in the cycle, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, the music stopped dancing for commodity prices yet. You, you, you are seeing, you know, there's always constant ups and downs and they're hard to predict. But overall, I think, and, <coughs> and there's sort of general consensus view that maybe economies are going to continue to slow, which I think eventually rolls through into commodity prices, which probably hurts these guys pretty badly. So it's not the kind of uh, stock that I like to invest in just because it really... It's these external macro factors that end up having such a massive yeah. impact on it. It's quite hard to predict and get advantage. So it's sort of a hold now if you know if you've got a thesis for it, you know what you're doing. Otherwise, I just sort of steer clear of it. Yep. Um, Mark, what do you think of Wally? Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one because there's so many moving parts in this. Yeah. They've transitioned to well well over thirty percent um, minimum now in servicing these green projects. Um, Obviously, that's all well and good. People tend to be more green when there's a lot of money floating around in the system, but you know, not so much when you know their electricity bill goes through the roof and things like that. So, and cost of living is going to you know is going to put pressure on you know on the economy, etc. So, I really like this business long term. I think they're handling the transition um, better than most, right. and um, the, the energy transition that is. And they've still got a lot of obviously a lot of oil and gas projects, etc. Staffing's very tight, which you know globally as well with low unemployment rates, um, which is you know they're obviously going to push up wage costs at some stage. Um, we haven't seen that yet, but it's always a lagging a la- the lagging part of inflation is usually wages. So, um, but yeah, overall I, I really like what they're doing, but it is one of those ones that you know they win so many contracts. They don't. Um, I think they stopped uh, releasing to the market what the margin was because it, may, it was causing way too many volatile right. um, incidences and things like that. So, uh, but their re- yeah, revenue was up um, 19%. EBITDA was up 13. Um, they've got a good they've got a good outlook. Um, so they've had three back-to-back positive results, and they and I'll agree with Claude. They they do swing around a lot. Right. Um, I I tend to really try to, when. We were um, trading this quite a bit on those swings for more active clients, um, but you you know you need to know when you're wrong and be be, be very. So is this the top of the market for them? I I'd be I'd be holding if I had it. Right. Um, I given I've got a I've got a broader market. I'm quite bearish. I think you'll definitely get them cheaper um, right. at some stage, but. It's one that I I would like to have on, probably just not necessarily at these prices. Okay. But I, it's a it's definitely on my watch list to buy. Okay. Uh, <coughs> Nick wants a view, Mark, on Alchem, the uh, uh, <coughs> the lithium uh, producer. I suppose you've got to take a view on the sector all up as well, don't you? Yeah, we're only in producers, um, so PLS oh, and Minres is a little bit of a different kettle of fish because of the iron ore and the mining yep. services, but. We'd definitely be happy to buy them lower, um, and uh, yeah, PLS, Alcom, and and, um, and Minres really. So uh, we're not anything that's not going to be in production within um, within a year. It really doesn't interest us because that's the really whippy part. You're still in them though. Oh, absolutely, and we've and we've actually topped up very recently after the reports. Topped up. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So um, Alcom, I buy it for you. Um, Alchemist boy, I, I, we prefer PLS. Right. I think that that eleven cent fully frank dividend, um, and then obviously That's they're just sitting been on, paid out. It's just been paid out yesterday, yeah. and and it actually settled up for the day, and then it's been showing like it's you know sitting on the two hundred day moving average, but massive cash balance, um, yep. good confidence from the CEO, um, and I think they're right. they these the Alchemist and PLS are the two that will make 
you know, make the most amount of money out of um, these elevated lithium prices, and the longer it lasts, the better those are. Lithium price down 30%, is it? It is down 30%, but look, and coal, natural gas is down 80% from its peak, yeah. and coal's down nearly 50%. So um, I would expect, you know, things to normalise somewhere in the middle of the range, right. but, um, you know, you're, you're very vulnerable to Goldman's releasing it. Everyone's got, everyone's got really wild opinions on what the supply gap's going to be. Um, and I think, and I think that somewhere in the middle is usually the reality in in most okay. situations. So, um, and these guys will take advantage of that high margin. And I'd be expecting, I, I'm, I am somewhere in the middle. I think it'll be the, the supply gaps likely to be more along the lines of five to eight years, not three years, you know, right. sort of thing. So, there. But you know, we'll and, and I'm more wait and see on the on the ones coming okay. on the market. But there, yeah. So you're and, buying more, not taking profits at this. Oh no, no. Okay. We, we 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 were out of. Um, we were buying around Christmas in PLS and Alcom um, around these levels, and they shot up over January. So we got yeah. out and waited for the report, and we've and we've, and we've since got okay. back in. So, so buying, and there's and there's director buying as well um, in okay. this one. So that's always a good sign. Um, right. And there's I think there's been a little bit of director buying potentially in C, um, PLS as well. I'm not okay. uh, not a hundred percent on that though. All right, um, yeah. Uh, Claude Alcom. Oh, that took a, took a lot of my uh, points there. <laughs> uh, look, I agree that for a um, a sort of company that's so dependent on uh, execution with, uh, I think, two new mines coming on or, like, they're still ramping up anyway. There's one producing asset there. It's a good sign that there's a director buying. I hope that that means confidence in execution. Everything's going well. Uh, and also, uh, obviously, I'm pretty... I'm not, I don't invest much in mining companies, but this is actually one of the ones that I would uh, consider adding to my portfolio uh, sometime. I just think, you know, there aren't many... Uh, you know, good, profitable, producing lithium producers, and these and scale is good in mining. And these guys have been, you know, with the merger and everything, they've been getting scale. So heading in the right direction if, if you really zoom out. Uh, and so for that reason, you know, I think I'd probably I'm I don't own it, and I, and I'm probably not going to actually be buying it myself. But I would probably give it a low conviction buy. The just noting the bare point there that I'd have against it is that. I think that we have had a little bit of a lithium price. You know, it's overshot and it's coming back down at the moment and it's still sort of, I think, probably heading down a little bit more. So uh, even though there's going to be debate about that and that's obviously going to be a huge factor for that reason, that's why I say a low conviction buy because the thing is, it doesn't matter if these guys do continue to uh, execute really well. Whenever you're buying one of these mining companies, in a way, you're, you're just definitely going to be impacted by the, the commodity pricing, which that company itself does not control. So it's out yeah. of its control. Okay. So that's why low conviction in mining general for me. And the only mining companies that I do own at the moment are copper. And that's just because I, that's mm. the copper is actually, in my opinion, looking better in terms of the pricing than lithium. Okay. So, but I like that electrification trend long term. And these are the kind of mining companies that I would be interested in okay. uh, owning. All right. Um, uh, David. What's the name of Chalice Mining? Uh, Cord is uh, one of those stocks that you're interested in because it's in uh, nickel, copper, cobalt, and gold as well. Got a bit of copper in there. Yeah, yeah, quite a quite a grab bag. I think even their mine has palladium, uh, platinum, and palladium in it as well. Mm. Uh, look, these guys are look total different kettle of fish for me than Alchem. Like I'm when it comes to mining investing, I'm super conservative. Like I want the I want the companies that are quite proven because I already feel I'm taking enough risk on the out of the control ups and downs of a commodity price. 
Uh, so Explore is definitely not my favorite place to play. I don't own any kind of companies like this. I have no plans to ever, so that's my bias there. Some people might like to speculate in this space. Fair enough, fine. Just keep in mind that these guys, I think, have around 100 million cash, and they're burning like there's no tomorrow. Even uh, just operating cash flows, or even just exploration and, and, and evaluation in the last quarter, they spent almost 18 million. So they're burning really, really quickly. They've got quite a high market cap already. This isn't like some sort of secret undiscovered stories that nobody knows about and that just the, the spreading of the story yeah. will make the share price. Well, that's not going to be enough to make the share price go up. So I don't love the setup on this one. Don't like the risk reward very much. That doesn't mean it's bad because I'm not like some kind of geology expert that can come in and tell you how good their mind's going to be. I'm just not capable yep. of that. I can see that it's lower grade nickel. So and I'm not super excited nickel, so that's why I don't really like it. Okay. Do you like it, Mark? Yeah, don't mind it. I mean, look, this really comes back to, and the viewers probably should look this up, is uh, there's a, you know, for junior miners, there's something called the Lassonde Curve. It's a um, Canadian fellow who came up with this. And essentially, you know, they obviously when the deposit's discovered, the price shoots up on speculation, yeah. but then you've got to build the mine. Yeah. So got to deliver. The, the price, <laughs> and then you've got to raise capital to build that mine, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And the price generally comes back down. They call this the orphan phase. Um, and... And realistically, we won't look at you know we this if you lay overlay this um, you know this curve over most miners that have gone to production, it's eerily is accurate. That right? Yeah, wow. so so is um, it in the orphan stage? It's it? in it's in that sort of orphan stage in what, what they call stage three engineering, um, and essentially. They've got enough money to get them through till uh, the pre-work, sorry, all the pre-work of the mine's done. Um, that, so they'll, they'll, they'll likely be another cap raise for when they've right. got to build it as well. So that would be, you know, either around that point or, you know, uh, six months after that point would where, that was, I mean, that's your highest percentage chance generally, yeah. if you look at them ac across the board to, to get in. So. Um, I think with this, you know, they, they, it's a huge deposit. Um, it's a tier one with important battery minerals. 40% um, of the world's palladium is currently under sanction um, because it's Russia. Right. And, um, and I think that palladium and platinum, you know, they're very key battery uh, minerals mm -hmm. and it's got some copper as well. Um, it's def not for me right now, right. Uh, but it'd be one that And what's your chart? What's your curve called? Lassonde curve, L-A-S-S-O-N-D-E. And yeah, it's a really, it's very useful because, you know, there is all this froth and then you end up getting, you know, sometimes, well, you just end up getting stuck with a position for a very long period of time. If you're willing to wait, fantastic. And you believe in it, but obviously you're leaving yourself open to, you know, you know, mine engineering delays and them going over budget and things like that. So that period, when they find the deposit, that's probably not a bad time to get out. And then you want to be looking at it when they're getting near completion, because obviously they can show that they've got fiscal discipline and they can stick to a budget and a timeline. And the ones that do will generally probably run a really good mine. So. It's very much a wait and see sort of, um, you know, we've got a couple that we've got on our watch list, like one in Graphite called Black, uh, BKT, Blackrock Mining. We, right. you know, they've done, they've ticked every box. They've done deals with the government. They've reduced their, you know, reduced their energy costs and things like that. So that's one that we're looking out for. And then, yeah, and, um, but we'll have, we've got, generally we have a sort of a list of them, but we'll try to get the clients out and explain to them via this Lasson curve because okay. it is, is markedly accurate. All right, let's recap. First five stocks, stock of the day, retail food group, a no from both Claude and Mark. Same with Neurotech, Selsung Corp, uh, Wally, a hold from both, 
Alchem, uh, a buy from both. Uh, Mark prefers Pilbara in that uh, um, in that lithium mining space, and Chalice, a no from both. Um, here on the call, we've uh, been following our own high conviction fantasy fund, growth fund, as picked by our investment committee. You can see the February meeting on the uh, platform osbiz.com at the moment. The March meeting will be up on the platform on Tuesday. Uh, going into February, uh, the committee got out of Aristocrat and JB Hi-Fi. They put in Paradigm and New Century Resources. They upped their weight in BHP, CSL and Boss Energy. Uh, since the 1st of March last year, the fund up around 13%. But keep your requests coming into the call because uh, any stock that gets uh, a double buy by our expert panel then gets referred to the investment committee to see if it should go into the portfolio. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're taking a look at GUD Holdings, City Chic, Healthier, Adairs and Linus Technologies. Um, Mark Samantha wants a view on GUD Holdings, the uh, big automotive uh, parts uh, brands, sort of uh, spare parts, uh, f in filters, gaskets, and Ryko, Wesfield, Narva, those the brand names. Yeah, this one definitely depends on your time frame. Um, obviously, I'd say on a 10-year basis, there's a lot of lot less moving parts on electric vehicles and things like that. The rise of electric yep. vehicles um, will probably affect these guys long term. They may find another way to, to profit from uh, to profit from that, but you know, it's a it's an unknown. Um, I think they're, they're obviously their fortunes are closely tied to the car industry. There's been a lot of new cars. Uh, been you know it's rebounded now. We've got the supply chain issues largely sorted out. Yep. Um, but you know their car prices have gone up fairly considerably mm -hmm. in that new range. So. Um, and I think it's still seven. With, I think their sales are still seven percent below what the you know the average was leading up to to COVID. So right. it. Um, but they have, look. They've reported okay. I don't. I don't dislike the company. I think there's, there's potential upside in it. Um, one thing I would flag though: individual investors make up over fifty-three sort of percent of this. Is not. It's not very institutionally supported or. Um, so it's the kind of company that if there's a panic in the market, you know, your individual, be, yeah. your individual investors are likely to be the ones that probably throw fundamentals right. out the window. So you could get an opportunity to, you know, if the broader market comes off and we hit stop losses, then, you, you know, you might get it significantly lower. But, right. but if you're happy with the volatility and you're happy, you know, you're happy with the company overall, I think it's got a fairly decent dividend yield and things right. and it's PEs. So if you're in it, hold it. But you're you're hold it, but just 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 know that there there is likely some volatility because okay. if everyone jumps ship all at once, it'll yeah. it'll get very slippery to the downside. And and you think that will happen? I, I yeah, broadly, I, I think this this you know two year yields in the US are up eighty basis points in twenty days, and wow. uh, we're through fifteen year highs. 
and I, I cannot get my head around there being any, any optimism, in, particularly in the US market, because they're, um, okay. not a lot of, not a lot, all of them are very growth-based, and, uh, and we're not, I don't think we're going to have a hell of a lot of growth with rising mm. interest rates. So. Okay. All right, Claude, GUD? Yeah, this is a, a, you know, a surprisingly popular stock, I guess. Uh, obviously, this kind of business can be quite good in the sense that uh, when you have an aging vehicle fleet and, uh, you know, even in a recession or whatever, aging vehicles, people hold on to them longer and then they need more parts. And they do think that uh, about 80% of their automotive revenue is uh, non-discretionary in nature. Now, uh, even if that's... Uh, even if that is a little bit wrong, that estimate, it's probably quite a lot is non-discretionary. So that's the good part of it. But that's only good if you combine it with a strong balance sheet and you know good operating discipline. The problem with having 20% of your revenue non-discretionary if you're a low margin business, as these guys are with 8.8% net profit before tax margins. So uh, you know if their revenue, just if, if, if 10% of their revenue disappeared, uh, then that could just wipe out their profit completely, right? So mm. it's very easy for their profit to go down, uh, notwithstanding the, just because they're low margin. And so uh, you really want to have this sort of business if you want to you know, manage it for the long term, for resilience, for compounding. Uh, you really want to have a strong fortress-like balance sheet so that in the tough times, you can buy competitors for a low price. And um, that's definitely not the case with these guys having done a, uh, you know, an acquisition, you know, around a, like a little over a year ago, I think that uh, basically, you know, probably quite close to the top of the market, but also just uh, the fact is now they have heaps of debt. So I would really avoid it. Like that 4% yeah. dividend yield does not look very juicy at, at all to me, considering how easy the stock could drop uh, 4%, it could drop, you know, 40%. So wouldn't touch it uh, with a barge pole. Doesn't, don't, don't think it's a good stock at all, uh, just because the balance sheet's way too geared. Okay. All right, our next stock, Peter wants to view work Claude on City Chic, the, uh, the plus size women's fashion retailer. Um, what do you think of City sure, Chic? Yeah. yeah, this one, so it's like similar issues to GUD here, like, but way worse, even worse. Like at least GUD, like I said, there was that good thing I said about it, how it's actually the business itself is, is all right. Uh, the business of this one isn't even that good. It's pretty bad business, you know, clothing retailer. Notoriously tough spot to exist. You need to uh, constantly get things right. If you make any mistakes, for example, massively overriding in, in inventory that you then can't sell uh, without discounting, um, then you know you just absolutely wreck the stock price. No idea how this thing ever got as high as it did. You just just a great yeah. um, a great warning about not chasing uh, retailers that have a few years of good earnings uh, momentum because. You actually have to do the old-fashioned thing of like, is there a brand here that has value? Because if a, in retail, if the brand has value, that might be the very thing that makes it survive for 10, 20, 30 years. If there's very little or no brand value in a yeah. company, then it is in the cutthroat world of competition where it comp competes against clothing manufacturers and sellers throughout the entire world. And um, that clothing is classically online, like just very tough place to exist. So bad business, terrible balance sheet, absolute, um, you know, of course, it's kind of that retail field group situation. Like the share price now is so low that even if it just survives, it, you probably get an up. But my rule of thumb is if companies are making losses, which these guys did in their most recent report, and they have debt on the balance sheet, I avoid it just for my mental yep. health. 
mm. <laughs> avoid it for your mental health. I reckon, I reckon that's an underplayed thing that you should be taking into consideration. Claude oh. makes a really good... Got to stress about a stock, just don't be in it. I, I, I don't you reckon? That's a conversation I've had with clients a number of times over the last year, particularly last year. Um, I used to own a business where we mentored traders, and right. um, and Headspace was massive in terms yeah. of their their relative performance and their ability to run yeah. rational decisions. So I couldn't agree more with yep. Claude there. Absolutely, City Chic though. God, it was a COVID darling, wasn't it? Yeah, so this is one of those ones where I look at the chart and I put my hand over the top of, um, you know, the top 50% of the yeah. range because yeah. the top 50% of the range, I 1,000% agree with Claude, shouldn't have happened yep. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So, and then once you once you actually physically do that. Okay, so if you do that, let, let's do it now. Yeah. You'd be at the start of the pandemic, yeah. the big drop at 2020 there. Exactly. Um if so you, it's even you, well down from that. If you ignore that, everything it? from that uh, pre-pandemic peak and above, yeah. all of a sudden it doesn't feel so unbelievably cheap. And I think that's what the trap that people have fallen into ah. is that, you know, oh, Magellan, it's, well, it, it traded here, but it, now it's, it doesn't, they're not the same businesses anymore. No, no. So they're, you know, there's, there's a reason it's there. And look, in some cases you might be picking up a bargain, but... Yeah. In most cases, it's usually for a reason. So yeah, yeah. don't talk to me about Magellan. I've still got scars on my palm from catching the knife. Yeah, I <laughs> look. I'm horrible. It's one of those, you know, one of those times. Them and Newix are the of the times yeah. I've, I've been very, very happy that we've been disciplined on the stop. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah because it, right. it sort of saved us. But with this one, look, it's it's not. Yeah, it's it's a run run okay. from this because it, it, it run for the hills. Their, their inventory management's been poor. They're losing retail's got headwinds. I mean, you've got you've there's so many great you know we're not really focusing on putting much of a weighting into retail anyway. Okay, but if we but if we are, we're doing there's there's a hundred businesses with a yeah. far quite uh, high quality. There, there is a, there is a view that's been brought up on the call by some of our experts that. Um, retail has the bargains at the moment because they're all single earnings per share. Yes, yeah. you can um, you can pick up some of the better because the high quality names are falling with the yeah. sector. Um, so that's where you know, and you will have to be patient because you'll be swimming against the tide for a period yeah. of time. But um, but yeah, you, okay. it is a, it is actually one of those situations where if you can if you can pick up the really high quality guys, it'll be the best buying opportunity for the next three to five years. Okay, but you'll probably wear some pain because the sector yeah. will. You, you don't know, need to rush. Yeah, you don't need to rush. <laughs> so. um, Claude, our next stock is uh, healthier. Laura wants a view on that. It's a. Uh, is this a roll up as well in the podiatry physiotherapy space? Yeah, that's exactly right. Gosh, it is a roll-up in this uh, space. Look, it's an interesting it's an interesting one to think about because you can sometimes get uh, roll-ups can work in that sort of health and well-being or, uh, you know, you've had a range of different success or not with dentistry roll-ups over the years. It sort of can work, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't always work. So there's a lot of industry dynamics at play in the sense that it, there it depends on a lot of factors like how easily can a one of the professionals, a podiatrist or a physiotherapist, how easily can they just go and set up without your network? Yeah. And because what one of the features of these kind of businesses is that there can be a situation where, you know, somebody has a physiotherapy practice, it's very good, they've got 
one or two people working under them and then they sell into healthier but then and the, and the owner does really well out of that and they make money but the people that have helped the owner build the business they get shortchanged and those people who are often like the real ones that are like professionals who are really running the practice very significantly they can that can be the trigger for them to decide to leave and set up yeah. their own business so that maybe they can one day sell it to healthier or, or similar so that is the problem with this kind of business and for that reason you know i wouldn't be too interested in healthier uh i would definitely i would definitely strongly avoid it because uh basically at the moment it does have debt and also its main growth strategy is uh acquisitions which is very capital intensive and the, the time when i'd be interested in potentially revisiting this would be when they slow down on the acquisitions and try and prove that they're a sustainable business that can generate genuine free cash flow um, and so we see that cash balance, you know, or the balance yeah. sheet rather go up. So less debt, stronger cash, because that's when you want to be interested in these kind of businesses is when they're churning off that cash and you can value them on that free cash flow. Okay. Mark? Yeah, this one, from a stock point of view, um, it doesn't look particularly expensive and pays a dividend and things like that. Um, I wouldn't have thought higher interest rates is a great environment for roll-ups just as a general yep. rule, um, yep. with capital being more expensive. Because I mean, you're in the business of acquiring. Um, but my my wife is uh, she's a lymphedema therapist, which is sort of it's a it's a strain of fit, well an offshoot of physio, which handles cancer and rehab and right. things like that. And she's got a three month waiting list. Cannot get staff. Right. So staff can move. And and further to Claude's point, if um, if you're annoying your staff, mm. there is such demand out there for these skills. Right. Like, I just walk. yeah, physiotherapy, for instance, you're doing you're doing about a year short of a medical degree yeah. to get paid like ninety bucks an hour. Like, there's it's not not highly paid, and there yeah. and there is these waiting lists here, but. But yeah, as far as the business goes, everything seems to be going in the right direction. But it, it, like, it, it's not a sector that I want to be in because of higher interest rates overall. Um, and and I would again, I'd echo Claude's comments whereby I'd like to see them just ease up, um, consolidate for a little bit, and then mm. um, and just see if they can and concentrate on the business they've got um, because. The time has passed where money was free and growth yeah. and growth at all costs was fine. It's it's not you know, there's there's upcoming. I mean they and they and they I think they want to get cashed up because we with higher interest rates that's when you, you know it's when you want to be able to have a bank to go and you know pick up distressed businesses yep. and cheaper yep. businesses. So yeah, I'd I'd like to see them just not you know pursue the endless growth strategy for a, for a period of time, but. Um, but yeah, look, I don't think you're going to do too much trouble with this stock, but it's not, not really. Clear. It's not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got. There's, there'll be good companies at really cheap prices at stages this year. I, th I think you're going to afford to be patient and okay. be a bit more picky this year. All right, uh, Mark, you talked about retailers a bit earlier. So many good retailers out there. Um, Kieran wants to know whether Adairs is one of them that you should be looking at in the, the homeware space? No, it doesn't make the shortlist um, right. in, in tighter, uh, you know, tighter budgetary times. The, you know, bigger, ticker, big, bigger ticket items are not necessarily the ones that tend to get um, bought. And if, you know, and even if they were, I, I, you know, I would prefer something like, you know, Nick Scarley, for instance. It's at least right. founder-led, the management know how to be agile with their business model in case there's a, a sharp move in the in economic activity and things. So, um, but yeah, it's not, yeah, not particularly a bad business. Um, I guess hold it if you've got it. Um, but 
I certainly wouldn't be buying it. I, it, it realistically, I, I think if you've probably been paid dividend very recently, um, yeah. I, if you've got ex-dividend, if there's some strength in the market over the next couple of weeks, I'll probably sell and I think you'll probably get it lower or, okay. or, or switch to something switch to something with an impeccable track record, f- preferably found a lead and um, right. on a low PE. And I think your money will, you'll end up doing much better in the long run. Okay. Um, then, yeah, I think, as I said, you... I'm getting extraordinarily picky this year. My pool of my pool of stocks, which I'm, is is shrunk and shrunk and shrunk, because right. I can I can get you know I can get risk for a seven odd percent. So in corporate yeah. bonds, so you know you're going to have to the bar has been lifted for us. You, you, they've got to tick a lot more boxes these days. Mm. Okay, um, what do you reckon, Claude, uh, with the dares? Yeah. So in terms of the like, I guess one of the ways to look at the re- you know the. Bu- businesses in, in particular retail businesses like what is the actual function of the business how value how good is that and do i want to invest in that but then also do i like the price and when you consider you know the financials and the balance sheet and all that kind of thing so with adairs this is definitely one of the of just a handful of retailers that i consider actually pretty decent little businesses it's not top-notch retailer but the chances that their core business is going to be around in very many years is in my view quite high they're like you know, they've done quite a job. I, I don't think their acquisitions have been good recently, that they made a few acquisitions in the last few years. I think that's hurting them now. But I do think that the core business that they have, the both the store network and also the their omni-channel approach with online is, is the right approach. It's going to be sustainable long-term. People will buy, you know, these kind of wares both in-store and also uh, once they find one they like. You know, people replace sheets, for example. So, yeah, it's pretty easy to just go online to the same store and buy the sheets that you liked before. So I think this is a, a decent little retail business there. Uh, but the thing is, uh, because of the aforementioned acquisitions, their balance sheet, fortunately, it's like they, companies always do this. They can't help but make the you know acquisitions when things are hot and then they don't have the, the, the firepower uh, to make the acquisitions when things slow down. I mean, I've been out of pretty much all retail for more than a year now and just blanket not investing in the retail yeah. sector and so for that reason i wouldn't be holding shares in adairs right now even within retail like once i do buy back into retail it's going to be probably some of those names we talked about before you know uh i mean on the other side of the cycle like more like mm. perhaps uh La Visa is is one of those you know high super high quality retails it's still flying high at the moment um but that's the, they're the ones that I'd be watching first on my list. And then Adairs is probably right. in the second group, which is a pretty decent retailer that will definitely rebound from tough times. But I just don't think we're in those tough times yet. Okay. We're spoiled for choice in the sector, yeah. realistically. Yeah, yeah. Like, and we've got really and, uh, good ones. And you're really, really high quality businesses. And, you know, when, when, when conditions change, you just, you don't have to be in everything. Yeah, yeah. So. good point. Um, Claude, our final stock. Chris wants a view on Linus Technology, the um, software commercialization. They've got the Linus Video Virtualization Engine, uh, the world's first video virtualization engine, they reckon. Um, what do you reckon? What do you think of Linus? I did have a look at this ages ago, uh, just because I think they're like, they're, their eye-catching gimmick is, oh, you could search video. Uh, so, you know, you can imagine, oh, that might be interesting, like search video, that's like a real problem to be solved. But just in terms of what the actual business is, you know, where it's at, it, it has like oh, very, very minimal revenue, nowhere near enough yeah. to, uh, you know, basically keep the keep the business alive, unfortunately. So uh, 125000 in revenue for the last half versus a loss of $2.5 uh, which of course leads us to a situation where 
um, you know, they're not looking good for actually being able to continue going on unless they do, um, you know, raise more capital pretty soon. And I think you see the share price there is like pretty much flat right, flatlining as close to zero as you can go. So uh, the market is definitely telling something. Look, there could be some high risk, you know, recapitalization or not. I have no idea. This is totally uh, playing with fire. You may as well like hop onto Betfair, in my opinion. Yep. Probably have better odds, basically. Yeah, I again, I, I completely agree. I actually, literally, I just had to check on my phone. Then um, I didn't. Re- it's only about a six mil market cap. Yeah. So, and they've done a two and a did a cap raise in the last financial year of two and a half million, and they've only right. got seven hundred thousand left. Right. Um, that's a pretty chunky dilution. Yes. You know, you just so. Yeah, I this is this is an avoid for me. And look, I mean, you've got, but again, we, Bird Dog and Ordinate are great um, companies in this, you know, in this sector, yeah. and and sort of they have moats. Like I, you know, I probably prefer Ordinate, but I mean, well, the, gee, you put Bird Dog in the same breath as Ordinate. No, no, what? but I mean, but they, but they same. No, we have Bird Dog cameras. No, no, but the video it's here, the same video yes. technology yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, Ordinate's. Far higher up on the list, yes. but um, but yeah, I I wouldn't see a reason to go anywhere to, in to a, go anywhere. anywhere I don't. I can't work out why they would be listed. I mean, yeah. the listing costs alone are going to kill them. Yeah. So yeah. this is the sort of company that I should yeah, be a pro- it should, privately it should be yeah it'll, it'll be private. And now they're they're bleeding cash. So you know the vultures will probably just sit on the sidelines and wait to I'm pick at the pick at the pieces and the technology. So yeah, yeah it's okay. I'd be out. All right, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. GUD, a no from Claude, a hold from Mark. City Chic, a no from both. Healthier, a no. Um, Adairs, a no from uh, Claude, a hold from Mark. And uh, Linnaeus, a definite no. Claude Walker from A Rich Life. Uh, thank you for joining us from Canberra. Great to see you, mate. Have a good weekend. Thanks for having me. And Mark Gardner from uh, from Macro. Good to see Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Nick. He's, Mike's been very big in Canberra. Claude's, <laughs> Claude's asked him for a drink next time he's there. <laughs> in a couple of months, I think. <laughs> All right, that's it for our show for the day and also for this week. Look, if you've got any stocks you'd want me to put to our expert panel, put them in an email to call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. A lot happening here on Ausbiz throughout the afternoon. Don't go away. The Pulse is next. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.